Good morning. It is wonderful to have everyone here this morning. It's good to see some folks that haven't been here in a while. Blessings on you for being here today. That's great. Our doxology is found in, uh, in the red hymnal number 549. Let us sing that together. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because of his great mercy. He gave us new life by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. This fills us with a living hope. And so we look forward to possess the rich blessings that God keeps for his people. He keeps them for you in heaven where they cannot decay or spoil or fade away. They are for you, who through faith are kept safe by God's power as you wait for the salvation which is ready to be revealed at the end of time. Be glad about this, even though it may now be necessary for you to be sad for a while because of many kinds of trials you suffer. Their purpose is to prove that your faith is genuine. Even gold, which cannot be destroyed, is tested by fire, and so your faith, which is much more precious than gold, must also be tested that it may endure. Then you will receive praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. You love him, although you may have not seen him. You believe in him, although you do not now see him. And you, excuse me, and so you rejoice with a great and glorious joy, which words cannot express. Amen. Please turn with me to our first hymn this morning, number 12, Blessed Assurance.
go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have brought each and every one of us here to worship you this morning. And it is with gladness and an open heart and an open mind, God, that we come before you just as we are. Lord, it is with joy and expectation that you will enrich our lives by this time of worship, that you will challenge the things that we believe in, that our faith would be remembered in terms of understanding our walk with you each day. And Lord, we just ask that we can accomplish that this morning as our act of worship is done before you with that love and that compassion that you want us to have. But God, we come come before you with the needs and requests in our lives. And Lord, as we think of our personal needs that we have, the many unspoken needs in which we do not share, we also think of the needs of others that we are aware of. We think of the needs of family members and friends. We think of those that are here as patients throughout this medical center. Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer. We'd also ask that you would be with the staff, that you would give them the strength to perform their tasks today to the best of their ability and the caring for each and every one of the patients that are here and their families. Lord, we we lift up to you the families that are going to be here today as well, that you would comfort them, that you would remind them always of your presence in their lives as their sick ones are here being ministered to physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And God, you also call to mind things that have happened this past week, things that we have seen through the different forms of media, concerns that we have for people around the world. Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer right now. And God, we are so grateful that you do hear our prayers in all of the circumstances. And Lord, that you hear them in a way that the Holy Spirit can only explain to you in terms of the heaviness and the challenges on our hearts and the things that we are facing. And we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 107, When Peace Like a River. Number 107, When Peace Like a River.
Thank you for singing with me this morning. Our scripture reading is found in the book of James, chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen, you who say, tomorrow or to, or excuse me, today or tomorrow, we will go out to do this in that city, spend a year there, carry on our business, and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a midst that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your own arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, you have reminded us this morning by the hymns that we have sung, by the scriptures that we have read, by the prayers that we have offered, that again and again you want to have that assurance with each and every one of us. And Lord, you demonstrate that assurance through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But God, many times we don't see that assurance and we have self-doubt and we are overcome with fears. And God, I would just ask that you would help us to understand that better about ourselves as we continue to worship you. And Lord, we are so thankful for the assurance that you've given us already this morning. In Christ's name, amen. I don't know about your families, but there are certain months in the year where we seem to have more birthdays than at other times of the year. And in this month, we actually have five birthdays, six birthdays. See, I even, I even forgot one. We got so many. We actually have six birthdays with our children, our, our in-laws, and with our grandchildren. So... So September is a pretty busy month for birthdays. And earlier this week, my wife got a call from my daughter-in-law, our daughter-in-law, and she was asking Lynn the recipe to make a special kind of cake that mom has made throughout the years for all of our birthdays. And so my daughter-in-law wanted to have the exact ingredients because she too wanted to make the same type of birthday cake for her husband our son. And so Lynn was sharing this with one of the co-workers that she works with, and one of the co-workers said that when she would ask her mother-in-law for the ingredients for certain recipes and like birthday cakes and so forth and so on, her mother-in-law would actually purposely leave out some of the ingredients so when her son would have that piece of cake it wouldn't taste the same as mom's. 
So I asked Lynn if she did that. And she said no, that she didn't do that. But I must confess to you this morning, I was actually laughing as Lynn was actually playing, is my son's birthday was on Friday, and we were just there for a short period of time, and we picked up our grandchildren, and we watched our grandchildren on Saturday. And so I didn't get an opportunity to taste the birthday cake that my daughter-in-law had made, that Lynn provided her the ingredients for, so I can't confirm that it tastes like mom's or not. But I share that story with you because I think a lot of times as we go through our daily lives, sometimes we intentionally leave out certain ingredients about the things that we do on a daily basis. And one of the ingredients that we need to include every day of our lives is the understanding that whatever we do, we do according to the Lord's will. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And that's really an essential ingredient to who we are and what we believe in as followers of Jesus Christ. And our cause is to do exactly that to follow God's will every day. And we have already been talking about in the previous weeks two different types of concepts. Number one, the idea of caring, the idea of selflessness in terms of how we serve one another, the act of having a craft in terms of a practical wisdom that we do each day in terms of handling the different challenges and problems that we face, And the third element of that is for us to have cause, which in the Greek literally means for us to establish virtue in our lives. The virtue in terms of exhibiting what we truly believe in, in terms of what we follow, what we say, and what we do. So our cause on a daily basis needs to be our desire to follow God's will. And one of the things in following God's will is when we make our plans, and we can make plans, Scripture's not saying for us to make plans, but when we make plans, we shouldn't be disappointed if the outcome doesn't work out the way that we want it to be. Because it is part of God's will for our lives. Now, it doesn't mean that we just do something haphazard, but sometimes when we make our plans and we put a lot of effort into them and they don't work out the way that we want them to be, we get very disappointed. And we are assured that our cause does not have disappointment because God's will is being fulfilled in our lives. Does that make sense? So when we go through our daily lives and if things don't work out the way that we want or little irritants take place where maybe somebody leaves a light switch on that we know it should be shut off or maybe somebody forgets to flush the toilet or put the lid down the way that they should, whatever the case may be, those little disappointments that take place in our lives, God does not want us to live by those things. The greater challenge for each and every one of us is to have a desire to follow God's will daily in our lives. 
to do the right thing, to make the attempt to do the right thing. But so many times we spend comparing our lives with others, and that's where we get into this whole idea of judging each other. Who are you to judge me, and who am I to judge you? And as we talked about before, in terms of understanding the equality that God has for each and every one of us, we are not to judge one another. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't evaluate people's behaviors and conduct, and we've already talked about that in previous messages the last couple of weeks. But I think there's something there that we need to understand when we judge one another. We are doing usually one or two things. We are trying to bring that other person down to our level. That's why we're judging them. That's why we're evaluating them. Or we're trying to bring ourselves up, saying that we are greater and better than they are. Both ways, it's self-serving. And so the passage of Scripture here reminds us that when we evaluate, when we judge others, there's something in our behavior that should remind us that we shouldn't be doing it because it is not the right thing, because it is self-serving. In the same way, the second portion of Scripture, talking about boasting about the things that we will do, about how the different outcomes that we will have in our lives... Once again, it's a reminder to us about the self-serving and what we do in terms of how we communicate that in different ways. One is by judging others, making those unfair comparisons, and the other is about boasting about ourselves in terms of how great we are. Now, I know some of us do that because it's just confidence, right? We believe in our skills and we believe in our ability. Well, there's a right place and there's a wrong place to do that. Because whether we have great skills or not, the outcome of what we're trying to do doesn't rest in our own self-serving idea about ourselves, but rests with God's will. And it is in that that our cause should be managed with that perspective and with that understanding. Understanding God's will for our lives. And we can't do that if we have a critical spirit towards others. Because when we have a critical spirit towards others, what does it do? It clouds our vision. Many times it even makes us blind to the things within our own lives that we need to work on. Because when we have a critical spirit, we are truly not walking by faith. We are only walking by sight. And the scriptures remind us again and again that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Because our relationship with God is based 
on one of faith and not by sight. Now it doesn't mean that we don't see the presence of God in our lives, whether it is through nature, whether it is through the relationships that we have with other people, but that's not all of it. That's not the completeness of faith that God wants us to have as we walk with Him. It needs to be centered on our desire to follow God's will for our lives. And I think if we were truly honest with ourselves, when we look at God's will working in our lives, if we truly do have an attitude that reflects one of faithfulness before God, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have disappointments. But the impact of those disappointments is lessened by the fact that we are walking by faith and not by sight. It doesn't mean that we don't desire or want to have things happen a certain way. I know I do. But when those things don't happen and we become disappointed, what does that do for you? Does it further your relationship with God in terms of distance? Or does it draw you closer? Because life disappointments that we've all had in our lives, if you think about them and if you evaluate them, was an opportunity for us to draw closer to God. When we have had those disappointments that have taken place in our lives, it was an opportunity for us to look at God and say, God, I don't understand why this thing happened to me because it hurts so much. But God, instead of this disappointment becoming a barrier between you and I, I'm going to not have that barrier and just come before you just as I am and embrace your will for my life, even though I don't understand it fully. And it hurts like all get out. But God, I don't want to have that barrier between you and me. I don't want to be missing out on the clearness of sight and the clearness of thought in my daily walk with you because I truly do want to walk by faith and not by sight. And I understand that for each and every one of us that's an ideal and then it's easier said than done. But it doesn't mean that we should not strive for that ideal. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to understand that as we walk with God it is one of faith as we take each step forward in our relationship with God one step at a time living one day at a time because that's all we have because we are reminded this morning of the shortness of life and we don't know when one day we will be absent from this body and present with God. We don't know when that is going to occur. We hope and pray that it does not happen at least shortly, that we have a little bit more time. But you know what? 
That's where that element of faith comes in. Because God wants us to walk by that faith. God wants us to understand that as we walk with Him, to recognize our daily journey with Him is exactly that, one of faith. And as we make our plans, as we hope for certain outcomes, that is okay. Because faith is what? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things yet unseen. We don't know what many of those outcomes are going to be. But you know what? By faith, we know that God's will will be done in our lives. And even with those disappointments that we have, when people don't do the things that we'd like for them to do, or even within our own lives, we don't do the things that we know that we should be doing, and we become disappointed, don't let that be a barrier between you and God. Don't let those barriers of disappointment turn into bitterness, turn into hate. And we see that happening in our world around us all of the time. When disenfranchised people turn those elements of disappointment into barriers and then they become bitter and then they begin to hate, And then that hatred turns to actions that we try to understand, but but we can't. God wants us to take those disappointments, lay them before the altar of his will, and see the opportunities for us to grow and to mature in our relationship with God. Because when it is all said and done, the only thing that we have remaining about our lives is what we leave behind, yes, but it's more than just our physical possessions. It's about our interactions with one another. It's about the spiritual life that we have showed and demonstrated to others by showing each day as we were walking with God that we wanted to be examples of faith. It doesn't mean that every day we were successful, but we did not give up striving to that desire for us to walk with God, for us to fulfill our cause in walking with Christ. Because when we do that, We make better plans. When we know that our cause is centered around the will of God for our lives, the things that concern our our lives, the things that we spend all our energies on, become very clear in terms of the things that really, truly do matter. And what happens? We have less disappointment. Because you think about the disappointments that happened in your life recently. Majority of those disappointments was because of your selflessness and your selfishness, not towards what you should be doing, but what you were doing for yourself. I know that that is true for me. When I look back at the disappointments this past week, 
It's when I was selfish in my attitude about things that I felt should have been done or could have been done or things that I wanted to do for my own personal gratification. That's when I became disappointed. That's when those disappointments could have become barriers between me and God. That's when those disappointments could have been barriers between me and someone else that I want to have a relationship with. And God says, I don't want you to live that way. I want you to live your way in such meaning in life that you can understand that when you are walking with God, you are doing so because of your desire to do the right thing. And we look at our lives and we examine ourselves and we see that as we interact and as we share with one another, the knowledge that we want to have with one another is based on the fact that we are following God's will. The whole idea of having control, and we all like to have control in our lives. The person that says, I don't have to control anything in my life, they're actually controlling their circumstances, aren't they? We all like to have control because we want to know what will happen in the future. We all do that. But God is saying that as you walk with me in our cause together, what will happen will be based according to what I understand that the will of God to be for you, for me. And God reminds us each day to not to duck the issues that we need to work on in our lives. Not to continue to work on our spiritual maturity with God, to walk with God. He wants us to understand that we have such value and significance that He is working out His will for our lives. And He never wants us to walk away from that cause because He is always planning for us to be following the light, the light of Jesus Christ in our lives. And we do that daily with the Holy Spirit. And we are reminded to know, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So if you had a daily statement that identified your cause, it would be that statement. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Because we see the good that God wants us to do daily in our lives. How many times do we not engage that? How many times do we pass by an opportunity to do good? We're aware of it. What I just said, you had things probably come to mind about maybe you could have done something different already today. But you know what? It's a reminder to us that we have such a long way to go But God wants us to do good. 
God's will for your life and for my life is to do good every day. And when we do good, all of those other things that we're planning, all of those other wishes, hopes, and dreams that we have come into proper perspective because we are doing good. And even when we become disappointed in some of the things that we're doing, if we know that we are doing good, that disappointment does not become a barrier between you and God. And you see God's will working in your life. And then your faith is strengthened. And when your faith is strengthened, you can take that next day, you can take that next challenge, unafraid, unashamed, with strength and with courage, because you know that the outcome will be based on God's will and not on your will. Let us endeavor to follow our cause as we seek to do good, and in doing so, seek God's will for our lives. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion as we have a public opportunity to do good, to do good by sharing of the fact that we do have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, by taking communion together as one body of believers in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us through all of our imperfections, through all the things that we do wrong, that you do desire for us in all things to do good. And Lord, forgive us when many times we just don't get it right. But God, you've reminded us that we shouldn't give up but that we should keep trying, that we should endeavor to do good every time we have that opportunity. And Lord, we are so thankful that we have this opportunity to come before you just as we are, to confess those sins when we haven't done good, to confess those times when our disappointment has put up barriers between our relationship with you, God, and the relationships that you want us to have with other people in our lives. And Lord, we just confess those things to you right now. We thank you that you forgive us of our sins and love us just the way we are. Thank you, God. In Christ's name, amen.
For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please turn with me in your red hymnals to number 110. Take time to be holy. 110. Take time to be holy. God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us this morning of our cause to follow you each day in our lives as we seek your will. 
And Lord, remind us to do good in the things that we see around us, because in doing so, we are following your will. Help us to do that, we pray. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning.